Welcome, Hoops fans. You are locked on to the Philadelphia 76ers. I'm Devon Givens, co-host of the Locked On 76ers podcast with Keith Pompey, who has the day off. So it's you and me running solo. And just to reintroduce myself for those who may not know my voice, have only been on a few of the podcasts. Again, I am a radio host in Philadelphia, 6 to 10 on 97.5 The Fanatic in the evenings. I am also the pre- and post-game show host for the Philadelphia 76ers as we are the Fanatic, the home of 76ers basketball. Thanks for listening and making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On 76ers is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, soon at Locked On 76ers. Well, we have to get into a game that was played last night in Philadelphia at the center. A big showdown between the Philadelphia 76ers and the Brooklyn Nets, and it did not turn out the way that we thought it would. A big-time win for the Nets coming into Philadelphia, 129-100. And for me, with this one, this one got off to a very, very slow start for the Philadelphia 76ers. We'll get into that one later. But the Brooklyn Nets put up 40 points in the first quarter against the Philadelphia 76ers, a big-time advantage in the first quarter jumping right on them with the shooting percentage of over 60% in the first quarter. Everything working for them. For the 76ers, the defense just simply did not show up for them in slowing down the Brooklyn Nets. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, phenomenal start. Seth Curry coming back for the first time since the James Harden trade as part of Ben Simmons, Andre Drummond, and the picks. Seth Curry came in, and he was scorching hot just like the rest of the team was. And it was disappointing to simply see how the Sixers, with everything surrounding this, the storylines, the drama with Ben Simmons not playing but in the building, on the bench, the the theater of it all set up throughout the day with him at the hotel. Fans going to the hotel, booing him there, expecting to be booed at the center on Thursday night. And he was, and it came down and rained down hard on him. The Brooklyn Nets were able to set the tone early with Joel Embiid and James Harden, in my opinion, setting the tone with a poor start. Getting off to the start that they did, they were pressing. They were into it. We know they were into it. James Harden, the first time against his former team, he wants to make a statement against his former teammates and all the Brooklyn Nets fans who have been talking a lot on social media about how he quit on the Brooklyn Nets. We don't know about that here in Philadelphia. That's for Houston in Brooklyn. He's here now. They're 5-0 and before this game. We were looking to see how he played against his former team for the first time, and he was pressing in my opinion, and as a result as this leader of the team, one of the leaders of the team, a star player on this team with Joel Embiid, the two stars going against Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving as their two stars, they did not handle the pressure coming out immediately the way that I expected them to. I thought that they would be able to get off to a pretty good start and impose their will because of Embiid getting Andre Drummond in foul trouble. If Nick Claxton came into the game, getting him in foul trouble, and as a result, now they're pressing a little bit themselves, slowing the game down because they're playing at their pace, Harden and Embiid getting to the foul line, but did not play out that way. While those big men did get in foul trouble and Joel Embiid got to the foul line 13 times, making 11 of 13 in the first quarter, it was everything else in the half-court set when the double teams were coming, trying to fight through the double teams Joel Embiid did and getting to the basket. Sure, getting to the foul line was there for him, but he was 3-for-7, and as a result, some tough shots and not a lot of other teammates touching the basketball. Tyrese Maxey running around, not really receiving the ball. Tobias Harris played seven-plus minutes. He didn't take a shot. 
at all in the first quarter because I didn't think he was getting the touches, what we're accustomed to seeing from the 76ers, the ball moving, the ball snapping around the perimeter, constant ball moving. At the end of these games, I'm looking at the assist total to the made field goals, and it's a really good thing for the team overall. Did not see the sharing of the basketball in the first quarter. As far as James Harden, again, wanting to do the things that he wanted to do against his former teammates, pressing. Not a good showing to start. One of six out of the gate for James Harden, and he was pressing from beyond, uh, making the one yes to break Reggie Miller's record, surpassing him, moving into third place overall behind Steph Curry and Ray Allen. Congratulations to him. But slow start, transition opportunities for the Brooklyn Nets. They were making everything from beyond, from inside the three-point line, they were getting everything going for them where they hung that 40-point quarter on the Philadelphia 76ers to start things off and really set the tone of how the game was going to play out in the second quarter, up big again at halftime, and going into the third quarter where after that point it was a wrap. The game was over, and the crowd was out of it. Sure, they tried to throw some chance back at Ben Simmons, but once you're down as big as they were with how the game was going, even those things start to bleed out, start to die out, and it doesn't even matter anymore. That was just something that they were able to do because that was all they could lean on with the way the game was playing out, with how big the Sixers were down at that point. So a disappointing showing. This was the first time since James Harden arrived here in the games that he was available to play. They were 5-0. and And this one, this was the first time that I I saw them, and I saw some kinks in what they were doing. Pressing early, as I mentioned, the defense became an issue down the other end of the floor because of them coming back in transition. They were scrambling. They didn't seem to get to the open man quickly enough to close out on those those three-point shots, to close out on that man. And even at times, Tyrese Maxey, knowing Seth Curry as well as he does, the same thing for Matisse Thibel, they were biting on the head fakes, biting on the ball fakes, and he just simply let them fly by. He got himself into a good rhythm, and as a result, the points just continued to pile up. The confidence continued to build, and everything just started to play off the way that they needed to do it for the Brooklyn Nets. One of the things that I wanted to focus on in the beginning of the game and what I wanted to see was who was going to be the X factor. If you knew the stars were going to be ready to play on both sides and beating Harden for the Sixers, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving for the Brooklyn Nets, who was going to be the third guy to step up? And for the Sixers, it has absolutely been Tyrese Maxey, who has been that third of the big three, if you will, for Philadelphia. But tonight again, could not get there. He only ended up with four points since James Harden has been here. He has been in the 20s, as high as 33 for Tyrese Maxey. That's how well he has been playing. But with everything kind of off, with the ball again not moving, the offense not flowing the way it normally has been since James Harden has been a part of the Philadelphia 76ers, we didn't see that third star step up and emerge and take some of the pressure off of Embiid and Harden and keep them close enough where it didn't get out of hand, the score didn't get out of hand, and they didn't have to fight back as much as we saw them trying to fight back as much as they were. So a disappointing performance from the Philadelphia 76ers. They are still sitting at their 40 wins. They have 17 games to go in the season, so I'm not panicking. I'm not worried about this one as much. You just don't want to see a blowout like this in a big game against a team that you could potentially see in the postseason 
somewhere down the line. You wanted to make sure they made their statement. Brooklyn did. You wanted to see the 76ers do the exact same thing, make their statement, make Brooklyn think that even though they feel they got a good deal with Simmons and Curry and Drummond back in their deal, make sure that they understand that sending James Harden to Philadelphia, teaming him up with Joel Embiid was also a mistake, and they have to defend them just as much as the Sixers have to defend that group over there, which they have a lot of talent. So poor showing the Brooklyn Nets take the season series 3-1. That's it for these two teams. The 76ers have a seven-game lead as of right now in the Atlantic Division. They're still in third place in the Eastern Conference standings behind the Miami Heat and the Milwaukee Bucks, half a game up on the Chicago Bulls in the Eastern Conference standings. So I'm not worried about it, but it was something, of course, that I did not like what I saw from this team in this particular game. I hope that they bounce back over the weekend. We'll get to that later. Before we get there, I want to talk to you all why the 76ers need to stop getting off to these very, very slow start. Well, it's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. They have the the conference tournaments that they're playing right now, some really good games, some disappointing ones. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball, folks. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games as well. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions and maybe even the teams that you have your eyes on from Penn State to Duke, Kentucky, any team that you have, your favorite team overall, a player you may like that you want to keep an eye on that you feel is on a roll heading into the tournament, make sure you head to the website again today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the games start. Thank you for making Locked On 76ers your first listen. For your next listen, Check out the Locked On Now podcast for nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. You might catch me on there from time to time. Keith as well. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. All right. Well, let me tell you about why the Philadelphia 76ers need to stop getting off to these slow starts, putting themselves in these holes and using so much energy and coming back and getting themselves into the game and ultimately winning them. We've seen it already against the New York Knicks, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and they've been able to get into these holes and dig out of them because they were the superior team. They were the better team. They had the better talent. They had the better player. Every time they had the better player on the floor, anytime you have Joel Embiid as the player, your star player, your franchise player, and chance to be the MVP of this season, you have a chance to come back and win those games because he's a dominating force. It's very difficult for those teams to defend him, slow him down. He gets them in foul trouble. All of those great things that he does. But when you play these other teams, like the Brooklyn Nets, with two star players, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, they have an opportunity to extend their lead and not give it up. They may not be as great defensively as some of these other teams in the NBA, but what they do have is the firepower. They have the the scoring, one of the best scorers of all time, arguably the best scorer that we've ever seen in Kevin Durant, 
and Kyrie Irving. We know how magical he is with the basketball as well. You can't keep putting them yourself into a hole and, again, trying to climb out of that hole as the clock continues to wind down. You're trading baskets with the other teams. And it finally caught up to the 76ers last night at the center where they fell 129-100 again because Kevin Durant is a superior athlete, even coming off of an injury where you look, you feel like normal players, <laughs> if you will, normal players, it will take them some time. And trying to get their feet back underneath them, he was an MVP candidate before he went down, trying to get their feet back underneath them, trying to get back into that groove. He comes right back, and he's playing like an MVP once again where he leads the team in scoring last night. He just steps right into it. And the game previously when the Charlotte Hornets hosted the Brooklyn Nets on Tuesday earlier in the week, Kyrie Irving was coming off of a 50-point game. So for him, playing in these games that he's only allowed to play right now on the road. He's playing these games. He's trying to get himself again into a rhythm to keep it going for once the playoffs start and maybe things are lifted where he's able to play in the home games as well. He is in a good groove coming off of a 50-point night against the Charlotte Hornets. So you would imagine that that's going to carry over a little bit as you head into this game, such a big matchup, a nationally televised game. Everybody is charged up for this one. And once again, they handled it well on the Brooklyn side. So when you dig yourself into a deep hole like the 76ers did, not able to climb out of it, they get into a really good shooting rhythm. And with that, how are you going to come back when you are pressing again, as we mentioned a little bit earlier, how are you going to come back and make a big difference in the game when you have constantly put yourself now in double digits, it continues to climb. The league gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And as a result, you're taking threes, thinking that that one is going to be the backbreaker that really starts things off or maybe slows things down for the Brooklyn Nets. Don't allow them to get into their rhythm. All you're doing at that point, if you're not making shots, is giving them opportunities for long rebounds or defensive rebounds in general, allowing them the opportunity to get out in transition, to go out there and get some easy buckets in transition, have the advantage with the man advantage, three on two, three on one, whatever it might be. And they have their their opportunity to, again, to put points on the board in transition. They won the transition battle last night against the 76ers. And part of it was because those missed shots led to opportunities in the open floor where they got into their good groove. Kevin Durant is spotting up, leading the break. Seth Curry spotting up, finding him his spot on the floor they know where he is they hit him in rhythm catching in the shooting pocket bang knocked it down run for the Brooklyn Nets the 76ers never got an opportunity to make a run basketball as we know is a game of runs unfortunately for the Sixers the Nets had all the runs and the Sixers did not they could not simply stop the bleeding and part of it again just going back to the start of it, was because they got off to another slow start. This is something that has been a pattern for them where they need to be much better coming out of these games against these opponents and getting off to a much better start. Sure, you can do it upcoming over the weekend on Sunday. We'll get to them later. The Orlando Magic, the worst team in the Eastern Conference. Sure, you can get down to the Orlando Magic. We saw it earlier in the year when Orlando came into town and Mo Bamba, I believe, dropped 27 in the first half, making all these threes. Joel Embiid matched him as fine because Embiid is there. He turned it up in the second half. Defensively, they turned it up because they are the superior team. They are much better than the Orlando Magic, so they can do that against that team. They can impose their will. They have the much better overall talent. They're coached very well by Doc Rivers. They can overcome a deficit to the Orlando Magic 
early on, where for the Philadelphia 76ers against the Brooklyn Nets, it's not something that you really want to do. You want to make sure you get off to a good start, maybe put the pressure on them. Keep the gas pedal down and putting that pressure again on that team and make them exert so much energy and try to come back. Get out of their stuff. Get out of their sets. Don't let them get into their action as easy as they were last night. You can do that against the Orlando Magic, the Oklahoma City Thunder, and even the Cleveland Cavaliers when you were hosting them here in town where you were playing some very good basketball. All, again, charged up because of the James Harden trade that has everybody playing very well. Everybody's into it. There, there's a great energy around the team. All of those things can't do it against the good teams because in the end, you may not have that extra minute, that extra second, that extra possession to allow yourself to come back and eventually win the game against that team. So they have to stop these slow starts. They have to get off to these much better starts in the first quarter and give themselves an opportunity going into the second because when those waves of reserves start to come in and they may not be hitting and there's a certain time that Doc Rivers likes to bring in his players when Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey exit the floor at one point or first it's really James Harden and Tobias Harris that exit the floor first. Then when they start to come in with the reserves, Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey, they exit the game. By the time you do that and the rhythm is not there, now you're into a big hole at that point, as I mentioned a few times already. And it's tough to climb out of that at that point when the team is feeling good. And even when you do play against a a, a bad team, with all due respect, all these teams are good. Pro players, we know how good they are. All of that. You know what I mean by saying the bad teams, their records, and you're supposed to be better. If you give them the confidence and you give them the opportunity to continue to believe in themselves, they're going to play much better. They're going to feel like they belong out there on the floor with you. And as a result, it's not as easy as you think it is when you play these particular teams on those given nights when you give them the opportunity to believe in themselves and, again, do the job against you that evening and maybe, maybe even surprise you and knock you off in that particular game because you took them for granted. So got to get off to the better better starts. We'll keep an eye on that as they have 17 games remaining in the season. And with that, they have two starting on Sunday, back-to-back, Sunday in Orlando, 6 o'clock start, Monday back at home against the Denver Nuggets. We'll tell you why they are so important for the Philadelphia 76ers as we get closer and closer to the end of the regular season. We'll tell you about that shortly. And I got to tell you, too, about Built Bar. I spoke about it a few episodes ago and talking about Built Bar and how I'm new to them. But it's something that I've already started to enjoy. This time of the year, you know, I pretty much, like many, given up on some New Year's resolutions. I'll admit it, but not this time. I've stuck to my resolutions to eating right. While I am trying to put on some pounds, the Built Bar is one that I'm really glad to be a part of now. Thanks to Built Bar, it almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I've actually enjoyed eating them because I'm trying to get the protein and add them on. Have you tried, though, the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best-tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever, listen, protein-infused Marshmallow. If you like marshmallows, you'll like this. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs right now are a fan favorite for many with some incredible flavors like yummy cinnamon churro. 
Let me say that again, right? Cinnamony, churro, coconut, marshmallow. I'll leave that one for Keith. Banana cream pie, so good. These are going to be your new favorite. All built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, puffs included. 100% real chocolate. You love the real chocolate, don't you? They're low-calorie, high-protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. So go to built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High protein, low cal, high fiber, low carb. Compare all of the great things like the 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. You know what? Compare that to any candy bar out there, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? They are all delicious and new flavors are coming out all the time. I'm telling you, you'll really enjoy this. At Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every single time. I've been enjoying these. I have late nights working uh, during my radio show, late nights for the basketball games as well. So these do come in handy with how I sometimes mess up my eating habits. So listen, go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. I'm telling you, you guys are going to love it. All right? All right. As I mentioned, back-to-back games on Sunday and Monday and why they are so important for the Philadelphia 76ers. Again, not anything to really get all bent out of shape about. Bad loss. You didn't want to see it play out that way against a division opponent, an opponent that's very important for the standings as well, potentially seeing them in the postseason, where you have to capitalize on the games that are right in front of you, and some of them are going to be meaningful. Some of them are going to be against these bad games. Good good games as well, good teams, all of that. So Sunday. The Orlando Magic, a team right now that is not very good. They are a team that is right at the bottom of the Eastern Conference, actually the worst team in the division right now. They have a lot of good talent. They have some nice young players on their team. And every time out, they're trying to prove themselves to these other teams in the NBA. And that's not going to be anything different on Sunday when they host the 76ers with a 17-50 and record on this campaign uh, uh, right now for this young team led by a first-time head coach in Jamal Mosley. So they're still trying to figure a lot of things out, but they get Markel Fultz back. Cole Anthony is playing well. Franz Wagner is also out there doing some things. Jalen Suggs a little banged up, so he's in and out of the lineup at this time. Uh, Mo Bamba, uh, Wendell Carter Jr. They have some young talent and some vets in Gary Harris and Terrence Ross as well. They're going to be ready for the 76ers, and they need to take advantage again of these types of teams. Pick up, pile up these wins with 17 to go. They need to get stay in that top three, somewhere in that top three. Hopefully they can get the number one overall seed. The most important thing is adding to your win total because you want to be in the top three when the playoffs start with the play-in tournament and all those things, the top six teams. The Sixers need, in my opinion, to be in the top three because they do play very well at home. While it hasn't been the same this season as it has been in the past, they're starting to play much better at the center in front of their home crowd, sellout crowds every night. 
So when they hit the road, also playing very well on the road, a very good road record for the Philadelphia 76ers, you need to pick up these Ws against these teams like the Orlando Magic because this one is the front end of a back-to-back where the Sixers will then, after Sunday, return home on Monday, a big showdown, a big matchup against Nikola Jokic, the reigning MVP, and the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets, really good team. Uh, they're in sixth place in the Western Conference right now because the West, you know, listen, they're very good with the Suns, Grizzlies, Warriors all up at the top. The Nuggets 40-27 and 27 after uh, their loss last night to the Golden State Warriors. So they are right there, even though they are six in the West, they're right there record-wise with the Philadelphia 76ers, 8-2 in their last 10, and led by, as we mentioned, as I just mentioned, the reigning MVP, Nikola Jokic. So this is going to be a matchup where we're focused on, let's call it for what it is, Embiid versus Jokic, who's going to be the MVP. Now, while this is not going to determine the MVP at the end of the season, Joel Embiid is looked to be the favorite by many right now at this stage of the year where Jokic is right on his heels. And for some, because of Michael Porter Jr., and Jamal Murray being out of the lineup for a majority of the season, Jokic, with all of his teammates who are not at the level and playing at the caliber of those two players that I just mentioned, many people, again, believe he should be the MVP for the second consecutive year based on what he's done with those two players out, leading them to this 40-27 and record in the tough Western Conference. I agree that he is right there in the mix. So while I do have Embiid non-biased, I just think Embiid has been the best player all season and Jokic has been the second best player. They've both been available for their teams, which is key, of course, for the voting when it all comes down to it. I think Jokic is second to Joel Embiid. There's no knock on either player. That just means that one right now is in front of the other. Most likely, we're not going to see a co-MVP. I think Embiid should be the winner If the season ended right now with Jokic a very, very close second, nothing wrong with either of them. If Jokic did win it, I understand because he's been phenomenal all season long. By the way, the NBA better do something about the voting this season because neither one of them should be on any second team in the voting at the end of the season whatsoever because they have both been great this season. It would be a disgrace if both of those players are not first team, they better they got to figure something out where one of them is a, can be a voted as a forward. I don't know how they do it, but they really need to figure it out. That being said, it's important for the Sixers this, this uh, Sunday and Monday to, again, pile up these wins. They are big, big games against the Nuggets on Monday, and it's a big game coming off of the loss last night to the Brooklyn Nets for the Sixers to take that Orlando Magic team, get rid of them early, like we talked about earlier for the Sixers to get off a good start to a good start against the Brooklyn Nets in the other games. They need to get off to a good start against the Orlando Magic on Sunday, get that game over with, just like last night's game was over with very early for the 76ers because the Brooklyn Nets did their part. They need to make sure that they get rid of them early So the starters can rest a little bit into the fourth quarter, get on the plane, come back to Philadelphia because they have an important game against the Denver Nuggets hosting them on Monday night. So once again, another important weekend for the Philadelphia 76ers and what they need to do starting on Sunday against the Magic, finishing with the Denver Nuggets on Monday at the center here in Philadelphia. They need to take care of business this weekend. So they need to stop with these slow starts. They need to get off to a better start in the first quarters and make sure 
that these games are taken care of the right way, prepared, ready to go, play better defense, better offense, sharing the basketball, the things that made them what they are right now with the record that they, they currently have at 40-26, and 26, they need to get back to that in order for them to once again be a threat in the Eastern Conference and hopefully for them get to where they want to be at the very end, which is the Eastern Conference Finals and, of course, the NBA Finals. I want to thank you for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. Our next episode, we will check in, of course, with how things go with the Orlando Magic on Sunday and gearing you up for what is to be a big-time showdown, a MVP game, really, for Embiid and Jokic. Those two facing off, I will certainly look at that matchup as being the number one storyline of that game with the other backdrop being the Sixers need to win the game just like the Denver Nuggets do. Now make your second listen, Locked On NBA, Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. I want to thank you guys for listening again. Thanks for listening to Locked On 76ers. We'll talk to you next time.